Hi, my name is Pastor Tony Gilmore, prophet, priest, teacher, rabbi. Jesus has been called by many names. However, do we really know Jesus? As a matter of fact, how well do we know Jesus? In this series, we'll learn who Jesus really is and how it impacts the lives of those who believe in him. And I'm excited about this Easter Sunday. And my, my, uh, my leader, David Meyer, texted me this morning and said, Happy Easter. And he said, this is the greatest day in the history of mankind. And I don't know why those words rang so deep in my spirit when he said it. Because it's the truth. It's the greatest day in humankind, even if you don't know it is. And today, I just want to take a moment, not a lot of your time, I want to take a moment and talk to you. We've been talking about this uncommon Jesus, and today I want to talk about his uncommon grace, the gift of grace that he's given us. It is our custom, and if you're a guest, you can join in with us. We like to stand for the entry reading of the word of God, and so please stand up with us. If your legs are tired and you're a guest, you can go ahead and stay seated, but if this is your house, you should be on your feet. Like mama used to say, boy, you better go clean that room up. John three sixteen and 18 reads, for this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. Say as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. I love this contrast. He says, God did not send his son into the world to judge and to condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. So there is no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him. But the unbeliever already lives under condemnation because they do not believe in the name of, the, of God's beloved son. You can be seated. Unless you've been living under a rock the past couple of weeks, you have seen the funeral and the death of the beloved rapper, Nipsey Russell. Hustle. See, see, see there it is. I, I thought it, there we go. I, I thought you'd catch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I just located our church. There it is, right? There it is. Uh-huh. I knew you knew. No, just like. See, back in my day, when I was growing up, there was a gentleman by the name of Nipsey Russell. Yeah, 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 Russell, but yeah, so. But this gentleman's name is Nipsey Hustle. And you know when, it's interesting that when he passed away, I didn't know who he was. I didn't. And when I began to research, you know, my son knew, some other people knew, and so I began to ask questions, but I began to do some research because in my head, I was like, oh man, another young black man gunned down. Uh. And I was like, oh, this is just a, a, a black man who happened to be a rapper. So he's a black man who had money. And I was like, oh, man, that's sad. But I started to do some research because I noticed that his funeral was like this. And I'm like, well, dang. Anybody that's got a funeral like that, what did they do? 
So I began to research and saw that he started this clothing line in his old neighborhood called uh, Marathon Clothing and that he created a strip mall for the people in his neighborhood. He had all the money in the world to move out the hood but decided to stay in the hood because he wanted to make the hood better. He also worked with elementary schools, helping them have STEM programs. He was just not someone who had a business. He wanted to change the community from the root up. So Nipsey Hussle was a man who was trying to make a difference. What's interesting is I want to call this the misunderstanding of Nipsey Hustle, because if you look at Nipsey Hustle's picture and you understand his old or current gang affiliations when he was still living, you would automatically think this is just another thug, just another person who is not helping our society. When in actuality, this young man was using what he'd been given to make our society better. If you don't know him, you don't know him and you'll misunderstand him. And you'll go by what other people say and by what other people may think. Somebody may have just looked at his picture and drew a conclusion of him and then begin to share it on social media with other people. And you're like, oh, that must be what he's like. Well, guess what? We do that to God all the time. Some, somebody told us this about God and we're like, oh, okay, so God must be this way. Hey, have you ever been misunderstood? Something that you said that was taken out of context, something you didn't mean that, but then somebody takes in this sound bite society, somebody takes a sound bite out of what you said and makes it into something else, and somebody draws a conclusion of who you are based on a 30-second sound bite, but they didn't get the whole 10-minute thought from you? Have you ever been misunderstood? And we're in this culture of sound bites and social media as we draw conclusions about people, places, and things that aren't true. You, it's interesting. People see the movie Ten Commandments and they think they know God. They go through a difficult situation and somebody tells them, yeah, God must be punishing you for what you've done. And they say, oh, so God is a punisher. Some well-meaning pastor gets up on a Sunday morning, sees the crowd in the place, knows he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And he speaks, he, he talks the whole time about the fact that you're going to hell. It's like, what the heck? I didn't need to come to church to hear that. (laughs) I know how I'm living. And we think God's that way. And we misunderstand because people misrepresent who God really is. Can I tell you the greatest way to know somebody is to spend time with them getting to know them. You can't know me through a third party. I got my cousin Mo and my brother Daryl on the front row with me today. And guess what? They've been with me my whole life. But you know what? They know me to a degree, but they don't know me, know me the way I know me. You can't know me unless you know me. They know enough about me. But guess what? You want to know me, take me to lunch. I'm just saying, you know? just saying, Starbucks, you know, whatever hits you. 
Spend time with me, you get to know me. Don't try and get to know me through a third party. And what we find out is that people don't like church, people don't like God, and people don't want Jesus because they've heard about him from third parties that misrepresent who he really is. What you have to understand is that John 3.16 is more than a cute scripture that we talk about or dictate in moments to let the world know God loves you. John 3.16 is, is an identification moment of who God is and what he really thinks about the world. Do you know that Jesus did not die for Christians? Thought I'd help you there. Jesus died for the world. So therefore, we must understand that Jesus is a gift to the world. And look at what 316 says. For this is how much God loved the world. Oh, the God that punishes, the God that's beating you down. Yeah. That he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. He gave him as a gift so that whoever believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. And then Jesus not only says, this is why God sent him, but he came to come against people that may misunderstand, misrepresent what Jesus' intent really was. He said, I came not to, he said, God did not send his son into the world to judge it. And condemn it. That's not why Jesus came. He came to save it and to rescue it. He says, so there is no longer any condemnation to those who believe, but the unbeliever already lives under condemnation. So guess what? When Jesus came into the world, he came into the world to save the world, not to condemn the world. The world was already condemned without Jesus. You already know things aren't right in your life. You don't need God to send another reminder that something's off, that your life is empty, that no matter how much money you have and how many houses you've got, that at the end of the day, you work hard, sweat hard and do all of this stuff, yet in your heart, something's still missing. You don't need anybody to remind you of that. Jesus came to articulate the fact that God sees your plight, sees your situation, and I'm sending you not something to compound what's going on, but I'm sending you an answer to your situation. Because that hole that you have, that emptiness that your money hasn't been able to fill, the thing that you tried to find in every relationship and every encounter and every degree and every conquest, you still feel empty. Why? Because Jesus was sent as God's solution to your emptiness. The challenge is this. We're stuck in this old mindset that God is a punisher, that God came to beat you down, that God came to remind you of how messed up you were. John 1, 16 and 17 says, for out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, 
we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, but grace unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. You're stuck because you grew up learning about the law, the Ten Commandments, and all of the things that came along with the rules and regulations. And so like me, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't come to Jesus because if I come to Jesus, I got to fix all of this stuff in my life and get all of this stuff right. Can I tell you a secret? When you come to Jesus with all of your stuff, he's not asking you to fix yourself before you come. He says, come to me, I'll fix you. I didn't die because you were right. I died to make you right. Do you know that the word grace is used 159 times in the Bible, 37 times in the Old Testament, 122 times in the New Testament. So while we're stuck in this thought of trying to keep God's rules, when Jesus came with grace to let us know that it's not the rules that make you right with God, that it is the son that makes you right with God. And that as you walk this thing out, learning about the son and his grace and his mercy for you, that you begin to change what you believe. And as you change what you believe, you change how you behave. See, it's right believing that leads to right behaving. It's not trying to, okay, let me get, uh, let me, let me walk this elderly woman across the street. Let me make sure I don't cheat. Let me make sure I don't steal. Listen. You could do all of that right, and that won't get you anywhere. You'll be able to sleep a little better at night. But you know what? Because Jesus, he died for those of us like me who tried to do it all right and continue to mess up, continue to base my relationship on God on how I performed, when in the end, it was not about my performance. It was about his perfection on that cross. Let me just drop this theological thought in your heart just for a moment. That the Bible talks about different dispensations. That if you look at this, there are seven different dispensations. And a dispensation is a divine order for a particular age by which God interacts with his creation man. So there are seven different dispensations, and I'm just going to go through a couple. Innocence, Adam and Eve. Law, Moses. Grace, Jesus. See, when you understand dispensations, you understand that God deals with people a certain way at certain times. And so during the dispensation of the law, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 that if you follow these laws and do these things, God will do this on your behalf. But when grace entered, God said, I'm not going to do what I do based on how well you perform. 
I'm going to do what I do because of the son that I sent to pay the price for what you couldn't do. I gave you the law so you can understand nobody can keep my rules or regulations, but I brought you Jesus because he fulfilled the law for every human being, therefore making every human being that believes in him and receives him right. Let me help you with this. If we look, iPhone, rotary phone. Trying to get to Jesus through the law is like walking around with a rotary phone hooked up to your arm. You're trying to get to Jesus through the law. The law has expired as far as dispensation is concerned. Leave that out there for a moment. I'm going to play on this. So while you're walking around with this uncomfortable, weird, rotary phone on your hip, trying to call God, you like dialing God, oh, I'm in an emergency. Nine, one. Because one was, you know, towards the end. You had to go away. One. By the time you dial them, you you gone. You dead. But Jesus gave us grace. You know what my phone can do? I can hit a button and 911 is dot. You've been trying to work your way into heaven. Work your way into the blessing of your healing. Work your way into your deliverance. Dialing that old rotary phone called the law when God sent Jesus to give us grace. And it is that grace that we walk in and we live in and we believe in. And salvation is only by grace. It's only by grace. And it is a gift of God. Listen to what Ephesians 2, 7 and 9 says. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. Say grace. In kindness towards us in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your doing. You didn't save you. And if you're not saved today, you can't save you. So it's not of your doing. It's a gift, not a result of works so nobody can boast. Can I help you? If you don't know Christ today and you're like looking at people around you and you're like, wow, man, they look like they may have it together and look like, it ain't because of them. Not any one of us were good enough, right enough, smart enough, articulate enough, educated enough, holy enough to get God to say, I'm going to save you. Oh, you walk right, I'll save you. Oh, you talk right, I'll save you. No, no, no. He looked at all of our messes and all of our shortcomings and everything that was wrong with us and said, I'm sending my son because you can't save you. So I'm going to do the work of rescuing. My birthday was last week. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh, so sweet. My birthday was last week, and it was cool because, you know, you get gifts on your birthday, and people send you texts and Facebook, you know, birthday stuff, and fantastic. And so I got, you know, gifts on my birthday, and the thing I like about gifts is this. 
I like gifts because they're mine. He's still working it out of me, self, self-centered. He's still working it. I like gifts because they're mine. Number two, and I should have put this as number one, I really like gifts because they're free. Because, I mean, I don't have to pay anything for a gift. Just. But the third thing that makes gifts cool is when it's a gift, all we got to do is receive it. When it's a gift, all I got to do is take it. If I'm sitting there and somebody say, Pastor Tony, I want to bless you with a Starbucks car. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, no. Let me cut your grass. Let me go wash your car. Let me, let me, no, I can't take that. Are you crazy? You want to bless me with whatever? I would be foolish to say, well, let me go do something for you first. The thing that I hate about gifts is this. Sometimes you get gifts that you really don't like. <laughs> just saying. Not that I got one that I don't like. I'm just saying, sometimes you get them. Sometimes you get gifts, you know. Well, most time people only give you gifts on special days. So you got to wait till your birthday or Christmas to get a gift. But the third thing is like those crazy gifts that you get and you don't know what to do with it. Like you don't really even know what it is. Like somebody put it in a box, put your name on it and say, I love you. Here's a gift. And then you like open it up because you're excited because it's a gift. And you're like, my God. <laughs> Baby, what is that? <laughs> You don't even know what the gift is. So I got this one gift. Got this one gift. Years ago, I'm using this gift because nobody here got this gift for me. So I I won't have to pray for you being not offended anymore. And I got this gift and I'm like, what is this? Trying to figure it out. And then the the person who gave me the gift told me what it was. And I'm like, oh, so I just kind of threw it in the back because I really didn't understand the significance of the gift. And then one day a storm hit and all my lights went out. And I'm remembering that I heard something about what this thing could do. It's actually a flashlight. Yeah, see, somebody always like, oh, yeah, because I didn't, there you go. Not only is it a flashlight, it can stroll. So I got an instant disco wherever I go. I'm sorry, forgive me, guys. And so when the storm hit, I didn't really know exactly what it was. But I knew enough to know that it's dark and it has a flashlight and it can help give me light and darkness. See, that's how some of us are with Jesus. We heard about Jesus as a kid. We've seen a documentary on who Jesus is. And what we did because we didn't understand the significance of who he was, we just went and put the gift of who he is in the back of our mind. Maybe threw him out of our mind altogether. 
But when a storm hits, something brings back to your mind, oh, they told me that Jesus is able to calm the wind and the waves and the storm with just one. See, sometimes we hit those storms. Your marriage is in trouble. Your children are in trouble. You got more month than you have money. Your body is needing healing and there's something in the back of your mind that goes back and says, oh, that's right. Jesus can heal me. Jesus can deliver my family. And then some of us, everything is good without Jesus, but we're still empty inside of our hearts and heard that he can fill the empty spaces. And we're like, yes, I want this Jesus that I heard about, but I'm not right. I'm struggling with drugs. I sleep around. I lie like a rug. I'm not clean enough to come to him. I've heard that he can help me, but my life is so much of a mess. He'll never take me in. But I came today to tell you that Jesus is the gift. He's the gift of healing. He's the gift of grace. He's the gift of wholeness. He's the gift that keeps on giving. And all you got to do today is receive the gifts it's a gift but Pastor Tony I've heard my whole life that God is a holy God and he requires holiness yeah but if you look at the woman at the well married five times living with her baby's daddy maybe Zacchaeus, the tax collector, cheating everybody out of their money. When you hear these stories of how Jesus walked up to these people who nobody would have anything to do with, he didn't walk up to them because they had it together. He walked up to them because they didn't have it together and they needed him. Jesus healed people that weren't even saved yet. Because Jesus was the example, the manifestation of who God is and what he wants to do for every human being on the face of the earth if they let him. And when you believe in him, let that grace wash over your life. He fills the empty places. He takes away those sleepless nights. He's right there with you in the midst of the storm. He is a peace to a troubled mind. He is healing to a broken down body. He is the resurrection and the life for that marriage that seems like it has no hope. He is the gift that God gave to us so that we could have him. And when you look at all that he did just to have you, he is able to look past your mistakes 
your mess, your bad decisions, your bad choices. And he says, I want you, if nobody else loved you, I love you. If nobody else approved of you, I approve of you. If nobody else ever told you you were beautifully and wonderfully made, you are beautiful and excellent. You are the crown of my creation, the apple of my eye, and I bankrupt heaven just to have you. You're that valuable. But just like with any gift, you got to receive it. And when you receive it, you just receive it. And all of the stuff that's wrong, all this stuff that's not right, he begins to work those things out. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.